everybody. Thank you so much for watching today's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. Uh, I hope you can hear me. And if you are listening to the show, uh, watching, if you're watching the show live, if you could just please uh, in the comments and let me know you can hear me or in the uh, in the uh, just like to like it if you're on Facebook as well. Um, tried going live earlier this week and I had some audio, unfortunately, some audio issues that prevented me from being able to do a show and not really happy about that. Um, try to bring a high quality show each and every week, uh, sometimes twice a week to you guys, give you my thoughts and my takes on the what's happening in the world of sports with the Packers and the uh, uh, Badgers and Bucks and whatnot. So like I said, if you are watching live, if you could just give a thumbs up or a little comment on it so I know that my audio is coming through as I did have some technical difficulties um, during my show last time. So earlier this week, tried talking about the Packers and the Saints game, tried talking Packers-Lions, tried talking uh, the Brewers and Corbin Burns and if it was a uh, Milwaukee Brewer no-hitter or not. But unfortunately, the audio didn't work. And here I am again trying to do a show. So like I said, if you could just comment or like uh, the show, if you're on Facebook or uh, watching on uh, Twitter, please do so so I know that you can hear what I'm saying and it's not just a bunch of, I guess, uh, empty noise. So going to start off with talking some Green Bay Packers. Going to talk about their loss against the Saints. Going to preview their game against the um, Detroit Lions coming up Monday Night Football. <clears throat> um, also going to switch that up later on. Going to give some of my NFL previews for the week. Um, who I think is going to win uh, uh, each game this week. Give my uh, predictions. And then after that, I'm going to... Uh, Talk to Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers should, keyword is should, clinch a playoff berth sometime this weekend. Um, as of right now, they would be facing the uh, National League East, which would be the Braves at the moment. But then we got the Phillies and the Mets, and you know it's looking like it's the Braves division, but it's it's not final yet. The Brewers should be division champions, like I said, probably hopefully. With the Cubs by the end of the weekend, they are down for nothing uh, at this moment. So unfortunately, it, it's it's a rough start for the Brewers here today. But you know, it's a a long game and it's a long uh, it's a long game and it's a long uh, 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 three game series. So I'm going to talk Milwaukee Brewers and what that postseason roster could look like. I was listening to Brewers Weekly on WTMJ on my way home from officiating a game, and they they talked about it, uh, I guess, uh, from Megan Schroeder, at Megan Schroeder on uh, Twitter. Um, she started a discussion, so I kind of want to go into my some of my thoughts on the postseason roster. So before I do go any further, um, I didn't do it last week. I didn't do it earlier this week, um, and going to do it here today, my beer of the day. So I, I went out after work. I uh, had a couple drinks. Um, with a with a friend from work, and Oktoberfest beers are out, and I like Oktoberfest beers. Pumpkin depends on if I'm in the mood for it, but had uh, three Oktoberfest beers where I was at: one from Mobcraft, one from Osos, uh, and one from Revolution Brewing Company. And my Oktoberfest, uh, Mobtoberfest, is Mobcraft. Uh, Brewery, their their Mobcraft Oktoberfest beer 
Mob Mobtoberfest, I think they caught it on the menu. Anyways, great beer. I highly recommend it. I enjoyed it, and um, I it was one. Of, it's one of my favorite uh, Oktoberfest beers right now. So that is something I highly recommend um, for you all. So that that's just like I said, it's just a, a great beer. So like I said, if you are watching uh, the show live right now, if you could just uh, Tweet at me if you can just make a comment in the comments. If it's on Facebook, just let me know that my audio is coming through um, or not. Had some issues with it um, earlier this week when I was using my earbuds. Today I'm using my headset, seeing if that makes a difference uh, or not. So, like I said, just let me know if you can uh, hear what I'm saying or not. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports. You can uh, find, email me if you have any questions, comments uh, about the show, concerns, talking sports with Evan at gmail.com. So Packers and Saints. It was ugly. At the end of the day, there's really nothing else you can say except Packers and Saints on Sunday was ugly. And it's really all you can you can say about it. Um, there wasn't a lot to um, to like about it. Thirty-eight to three, final score, and just not a lot to th- like about it. So, um, I guess if you're watching live, what stood out to you in the game? Um, what stood out to you in that thirty-eight to three shellacking? Um, a few things stood out to me, and part of it is just the the Packers' lack of energy. Um, it's week one. You expect guys to be upbeat, guys to be fired up, guys to be ready to go. Week one of the NFL season, and the Packers literally had none. They were very lethargic. The defense looked extremely slow. They weren't attacking. They were being very passive. Um, Just a lot of negativity surrounding this game. And the Saints came out, looked like they wanted to play football. And Aaron Rodgers commented after the game, it looked like the Packers, it looked like the Packers just thought they were going to walk onto the, uh, walk onto the, the field and the Saints were going to roll over. For the Packers' sake, unfortunately, it did not happen. Um, lose 38-3. So, like I said, the lack of energy is something that concerns me. And, unfortunately, we've seen it a few times in Packer losses. Packers lost in the regular season in Matt LaFleur's uh, first season against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, lack of energy, lack of emotion, lack of urgency. Against the Los Angeles Chargers, same thing. Um, last season against Minnesota, when the Vikings won, uh, I want to say, I think it was at the at Green Bay. Again, lack of urgency, lack of attack, lack, lack of passion. Um, you know, we, we've seen it a few times. And I remember back to when Jason Kidd was the coach of the Bucks. Um, we saw a lot of games there. Jason Kidd complained about that same thing. They didn't have a lot of energy here tonight. Um, didn't have a lot of emotion. Didn't have a lot of energy. So didn't have a lot of energy. Didn't have a lot of emotion. Didn't have a lot of passion. And we saw that a lot from Jason Kidd. Um, 
the Packers under McCarthy didn't play with a lot of energy or a lot of emotion either. And my hope is it's just kind of carry over from the McCarthy era where um, the floor is still working that out. Um, Cause we did see it on occasion um, with Budenhoser that there are some games that Budenhoser, Budenhoser would talk about lack of energy with the Bucks. It wasn't as consistent um, under Budenhoser, but it happened. And I hope that's what it is under the floor. Because there's really no excuse to come out week one and just show such a lack of, of motion because you haven't played a football game in seven months. The longest offseason in all the sports. Long training camp. Long OTA. But they just played like a team that didn't think they really had to put the effort in to win. And that's very disappointing to me. And it starts with leadership. And unfortunately, right now, the Packers' leadership to me is lacking. So Darius Smith is now on IR with a back injury. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious how legit his back injury actually is, or I should say how serious it is. I'm, obviously, he has to have a back injury if they're putting him on IR. Um, the NFL would uh, not really <laughs> probably go for it if they uh, – if they put him on IR and he wasn't actually hurt. So is his back actually hurt? Yes. But I, I, I question the severity of it. And I, I feel bad for doing it because I, I like the Darius Smith. But he's been unhappy with his contract. He seems to be unhappy. He's not team captain. He's having a medallion made with the captain C to wear. Um, And, you know, he, he, like I said, his back is still acting up. Um, so he was a big leader the past couple of years on the Packers. He's currently on IR. Um, Bakhtiari's out for the first six weeks. He's a guy that's been a Packer leader for a while. Aaron Rodgers, his, I, I would say last couple of years has been that guy, but he didn't play a great game on Sunday. And he, he went back into a lot of old habits that Aaron Rodgers had back in 2018 and 2019. So, the, the, the offense the Packers run, you know, you watch it in San Francisco, you watch it in L.A. The offense the Packers run is typically based off the run. Everything is built off the run. The pass and the run look very similar. The, the actions, the movements, things like that, it's very similar. So you don't know really what's coming. So your, your play fakes need to be exact every time. Everything just needs to be exact every time. And you look for sh- you, you you go short to go long, and the Saints were playing in cover two shell, two safeties back deep. It, it's very hard to throw deep on a team that is playing cover two shell, two safeties deep over the top. You're not going to throw your way out of it by attacking down the field. You need to use the run game, and you need to use the short passing game. And in 2020. Rodgers was using the short passing game, finding the open receiver, finding Aaron Jones, finding Robert Tanyan, hitting those guys and allowing them to make plays and make plays down the field. Also, play fakes were not lazy. I'm not saying all the play fakes this past Sunday were lazy, but they, the, the Saints didn't fall for a lot of the play fakes. And the second drive of the Packers is evidence of that. First two plays, they run they run A.J. Dillon, six yards, six yards, first and ten, awesome. We've run twice. It's time to throw the football. We're going to do our bread and butter with 
fake the run to the right, bootleg to the left, and throw to number 85. Davenport didn't fall for it. Davenport read it a mile away. Either that's just from coaching or that's that the fake did not get carried out the way it should. Davenport's able to get a sack, and the second drive from there is completely ruined. Now you got second and 17, and ideally you try to get half of that on second down. So you go from second and 17 to third and seven. Packers didn't get anything. It's third and 17, and next thing you know, they got a punt. So it's a lot of little things offensively that you got to do in order to beat a cover, cover two shell. And then you go back to the first drive. It's third and seven. Aaron Jones is running a drag route across the middle of the field. And Rodgers has him open. Has a wide open Aaron Jones after a little rub with the receiver and Davis, the, the linebacker. That rub springs Jones. Rodgers dumps it off right there to Aaron Jones. Jones is turning up field, and Jones is running for a lot of yards. But instead, he you look at his eyes. He's looking down the field. He's looking for something down the field to open up, number number 17, number 83, whoever. He's looking for the deep ball to open up on third and seven when you had Aaron Jones wide open running across the middle of the field. Take that open man. Take Jones, throw it to him on time, on target, as soon as you have the rub, get it to Jones right there. Instead, again, he's looking down the field. He's looking for that home run, and it didn't work. So that is something that needs to change in game two. And we, I saw it often watching the game and then re-watching the game. He was always looking downfield first and then looking to dump off. That's what he was doing in 20, uh, 2019. He was looking deep and wouldn't dump it off, would throw it away. The pass protection was there. Alton Jenkins, whoever found Alton Jenkins, whoever discovered him watching film, whoever that scout was, if he hasn't already gotten a raise, deserves a major raise because that is a great find from a, a guy out of Mississippi State who not a lot of guys are talking about, and you draft, and not only can he play left guard at a Pro Bowl level, he sh he's played center at a very high level, and I know it's only week one, but he played Sunday at a very high level at left tackle. He looked like he's played the position his entire life. So whoever found Elton Jenkins in Green Bay, give that man a raise. Whatever scout it was, if he's still with the team, Give that man a raise because he definitely deserves it because Elton Jenkins has been an outstanding Hall of Fame track offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. So, like I said, give that man a raise because he has just been an incredible find. But anyway, the protection was there. Newman and Mayers had their struggles a little bit at, uh, early on, but overall the pass protection was there. The problem was you weren't doing enough underneath stuff to try to pull down the defense to go over the top. You were looking to go over the top first and then going underneath. And that's not the Matt LaFleur offense. That's not what we saw in 2020. Rodgers was on target. He was on time. He was on script. He was finding the open receiver. And he did a great job of it. So we need to see different with Detroit. And one game isn't a... It, one game is just that. It's just one game. We got 16 more games to play. 
if we're in week five and we're talking about the same thing, that Rodgers keeps looking for the deep ball, they're not running the offense the way it's supposed to be run, they're not using the the running game to build off into the passing game, they're not using the short passing game, uh, and the running game when teams are in cover to shell, we're going to have a problem. Because the way the Saints were covering, you would have been better off trying to hit your A.J. Dillons, your Aaron Jones, um, your Mercedes Lewis's, your Daphne's underneath, and eventually the deep stuff would open up because the safeties and the linebackers and corners would have to start creeping up a little bit. They couldn't just sit back deep. And the Packers didn't pass out of it. They didn't throw out of it. They just kept they just kept playing the same way they did in 2019 and then in 2018, which is McCarthy's last year. Um, a couple other things I want to talk about too, and I've been banging the drum about how bad the offense was, and it was. Like, yeah, the defense gave up 38 points, but at the end of the day, it's about it, it, it is about scoring points. You got to score points to win in the National Football League. You're not going to win games by scoring just three points. So the offense deserves a big blame. The defense, too. But it, it's hard, and I know Joe Barry has a track record. I get that. He has struggled to put together uh, quality, even, even average defenses. Like his defenses up to this point in his career has not been very good. We know that. We've seen that. We saw it in Washington. We saw it in Detroit. Personnel-wise, this is the best personnel. The Packers' defense is, I mean, this is the best personnel Joe Barry has ever coached. Now, unfortunately, Darius Smith is out for the next three weeks. Um, outside of Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, there's not much depth there at the edge. And the Packers are going to have to get creative on how they're going to get pressure on the quarterback. But defensively, the opening drive for Green Bay, for the most part, was pretty good. They stopped the run pretty effectively. Um, the coverage down the field was good. Where the Packers struggled on the opening drive was with the pass rush. Um, three times on that opening drive, Jameis Winston ran for first downs. And one of them, Kenny Clark, should have had a sack. And as Kenny Clark overextended himself. You know, when you're playing football it's all about doing your job and your assignment if one guy doesn't do their job or their assignment the way it was supposed to be ran you're going to open up a gap and somebody's going to run through and that's what happened on one of Winston's runs for a first down Kenny Clark beats his man on a on a uh, stunt with Dean Lowry uh beats his or it might have been Lancaster but anyways he beats his man has a sack gets a little bit wide, and then whiffs on the sack. By going wide and whiffing on the sack, he opened up a wide-open lane for Winston to step up and run through. If he stays in his lane and goes for the sack and he whiffs, all Winston can do is go left or right, and you had the pocket collapsing from the outside. You're probably not going to run for the first down, but instead, Clark went a little wide on his stunt, and whiffed on the sack. And Kenny Clark's a Pro Bowl caliber player. I'm not, I'm not saying Kenny Clark is any good. You know, he's not any good or anything like that. What I'm saying is Kenny Clark didn't do his job on that particular play, and the Packers paid for it. And that's why the Saints drove down and scored three points very early. Little little things like that. And I had a football coach in high school 
wasn't a big fan of him as a coach. But one of the things he always harped on, and when I was a high school kid, I didn't quite understand it. It annoyed me because he would always say it. Little things add up to big things. And think about it. Little things. Kenny Clark, a little thing, runs his stunt a little wide, opens up that lane. You don't think it's going to be a very big thing. Next thing you know, Winston stepping up and running through. Um, Kevin King turns his hips too early on an, uh, a deep out route. It looks like it's going to be a fly pattern. Kevin King is backpedaling, turns his hips early. The receiver cuts to the sidelines. Now King has to turn around and try to get the tackle. We have a first down. I don't know what happened on the touchdown pass to Kenny Clark. I mean, uh, to Kevin King. Watching it on film, yeah, Kevin King let his guy get behind him. But you watch it, there's a safety that looks like he's a little bit late getting over the top. You know, again, little things. If that safety is where he's supposed to be, maybe Winston doesn't even throw the ball there. Maybe we get an interception. I don't know. But little things do add up to big things. And it, it it's very hard to judge Joe Barry's scheme based off Sunday because a lot of guys were not doing their job. The front seven was atrocious, especially the defensive line. They're being pushed back two, three yards at a time. Linebackers are quickly having to try to shred blocks because now they have offensive linemen in their face pretty much immediately, and they have to try to shed blocks. And uh, disappointingly, they didn't do a very good job of shedding the blocks either. The Packers' defensive free agent signing, Campbell, the middle linebacker, he did not do a good job. He definitely did not do a good job. He overran plays. He was out of position. He failed to shed blocks. It it was hard to watch. And now I, I see why. Yes, he's dependable. He's durable. He plays pretty much every game when he plays. He doesn't leave injured. He doesn't miss games due to injury. But I saw why teams have let him go repeatedly early. They, they, they don't bring him back. I think the Packers are his third or fourth team thus far in the, in the NFL, and now I can kind of see why a little bit after week one. And again, it's only week one. But the Packers have a lot they can improve on. Um, the last thing I want to comment on the Packer game against the Saints is the, is the infamous uh, uh, roughing the passer penalty on Darius Smith. That got inter- the ball got intercepted in the end zone. And the interception got waved off due to the penalty. And for those that don't know, I am a football official. I officiate high school and youth football. So when I see plays like that, I look at them differently. I look at them from an official standpoint. So I don't agree with the call, okay? I'm going to tell you that right now. I do not agree with the call. It was not, nor has it ever been, roughing the passer. That is a teaching video on how you should hit the quarterback. Instead, they threw a flag for us roughing the passer. So I I, wa- I watched that play again, watched it a few times. I saw it pop up my Twitter timeline a lot. I rewatched the game, like I mentioned, and I watched that play. And I watched it, the different angles I, I was able to see on the, the videos people posted on Twitter. And I was thinking to myself, what could the, the referee, the white hat, the crew chief, so the, the guy you see wearing the white hat, you know, everyone, you see all the officials except for one guy wearing black hats, the one guy's wearing a white hat, that's the ref, that's the crew chief. He's the one that watches the quarterback. That's his job. 
So I'm trying to think to myself, what could he have seen to make him throw a flag? So I'm watching it from an official perspective. And there's only one thing I saw in that play that possibly could have had a flag on it. And it was very quick and subtle. And there's a, there's a second where Winston's head just jerks back. And I think it was the head jerking back like that motion is why he dropped the flag. Because when you see a player's head just jerk back the way Winston's did, your first, re- your first reaction is it has to be contact to the helmet. It has to be helmet to helmet or hand to, hand to the helmet or something. So I'm not condoning it, but I think that is why they dropped the flag. I don't agree with it. But, yeah, I, I honestly think that is the real reason why the flag was dropped in that situation. And, again, like I said, I don't agree with it. I would have kept the flag in my pocket. I officiated two games yesterday where the flag was in my pocket more than I threw it. I threw it maybe uh, probably a handful of times between two games. And it's not saying that I'm, you know, not seeing penalties or whatnot. It's that... I have I didn't see anything that warranted me throwing a flag. And that's a situation that I didn't think you threw a flag. Because like I said, it's textbook how you should hit the quarterback in today's NFL. Got him in the chest, brought him to the ground, kind of went to the side while he was bringing him to the ground to avoid landing with his, uh, his weight on top of him. And like I said, the only thing I think the official could have saw was the head kind of jerk back on Winston. So, now the Packers got Detroit on Monday Night Football. And how do I think that game's going to go? Well, the first thing is, don't assume Detroit is going to be an easy win. Because they're not. They just lost to San Francisco 41-33. to The Lions did not give up. They had complete control of the second half. Ultimately, they ran out of time. If that game was another five minutes long... They probably would have. They, they probably would have won that game. Jared Goff, after a rough start, finished the game looking pretty good. Um, running game was okay. Jamal Williams led the way with nine carries for 54 yards, and T.J. Hawkinson eight catches for 97 yards, and Swift eight catches for 65. Jamal Williams eight catches for 56. That is the Lions' passing game right now because the Lions don't really have much else of a passing game. Quintez Cephas, three catches for 12 yards. Uh, Amon Ray St. Brown, two catches for 23 yards. They just brought Geronimo Allison back um, for another uh, another time with the, with the Detroit Lions. So the Lions lack talent, yes. They have injuries in the secondary, yes. They, they have a new defensive scheme, a new offensive scheme, a new head coach, yes. But the thing is, you still have to play the game. And you still have to execute. And if the Packers play like they're capable of playing, they should beat Detroit. But ultimately, all I want is a win. I want the Packers to leave Lambeau on Monday night with the win. I know some of y'all want a blowout. But in the NFL, at the end of the day, a win is a win. You, you don't you don't win quality points like you do in college football. If you win a game against a team where you should win uh, – 50 to nothing and you win 38 to 35, you're going to lose some quality points. But you don't have quality points in the NFL. All the wins count the same. I know there's some tiebreaker elements towards the end of the year, 
But at the end of the day, Packers could win by three. They could win by 40. If they run their offense and they execute and they play with a little bit of urgency, I'm going to be fine with that. And I think they do. I think the Packers bounce back and they win. I think Rodgers is embarrassed after his week one performance. I think defensively they're embarrassed after their performance in week one. And I think they come out with a little bit of power, anger, and the home opener on Monday Night Football. I think the Packers get the victory. I really do. Um, there's other games on the docket in week two. We just saw Washington and New York. Um, that game, obviously, I'm not going to give a prediction on because that game already happened. But when I look at the other games, the Patriots versus the Jets, I think the Patriots are going to win that game. Broncos and Jacksonville, Broncos should win that game pretty easy. Buffalo and Miami should be a Buffalo win. I think Buffalo, they had a they had a tough game on uh, Sunday night and... I mean, now it's not Sunday night, Sunday afternoon last week, and they ended up getting the L. I think Buffalo comes out and gets the win this week. San Francisco and the Eagles. The Eagles played a great game last week. Uh, They got the win. They dominated that game. The 49ers dominated most of the game until late in the second half. I think San Francisco gets that win. Better talent overall, better quarterback play, more experienced quarterback play too. I think the L.A. Rams improved to 2-0 as they beat the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's a little better performance from the Colts, but I think the Rams are just too good for the Colts to win. I think the Steelers beat the Raiders. The Bears beat the Bengals. The Browns beat the Texans. The Saints beat the Panthers. The Cardinals beat the Vikings. Vikings have a lot of guys out on defense. It's going to be a tough game for them to slow down that Arizona offense. Tampa Bay beats the Falcons. Seahawks lose to Tennessee, the Cowboys beat the Chargers, the Chiefs beat the Ravens, and the Packers, as I mentioned, beat the Lions. So, kind of running out of time, I was going to talk about the Packers, I mean the Brewers, and what their postseason roster should look like. Um, They should be clinching over the weekend um, against the Chicago Cubs. They're currently down now 5-3 against the Chicago Cubs. Um... And, uh, yeah, they're down 5-3 to three against the Cubs. We'll see if the Brewers can come back and get the victory. But ultimately, by the end of the weekend, the Brewers should have their playoff berth uh, conf- uh, done and possibly even the division. So I was going to talk about the postseason roster, what it should look like. I'm going to save that for Tuesday. I'm going to do a show on Tuesday. going to talk Packers, Lions, Monday Night Football. And I, I promise I will talk. Milwaukee Brewers, and what I think the postseason roster um, should look like for the Brewers. And if you are listening to this after I go off air, if you're watching this live, if you're listening to the audio version of this, which will be posted tomorrow, is there anyone that you need to, you want to see added to the postseason roster? And is there anyone that if they get added to the postseason roster, that you are just absolutely going to lose your mind. So with that said, I appreciate you, those watching, for watching live, those listening later on, I appreciate it. Um, if you, this My show can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Um, for those who want to listen to the audio version, I will try to post that tomorrow, um, probably around 11. Um, once I get into work, I have a chan- uh, chance before I punch in, I, I might be able to get it posted. So I'm going to give that a try. But anywhere podcasts are found, rate, subscribe, and uh, encourage other people to check it out. Um, 
And if you know anyone that might be looking to sponsor um, something, have them reach out to me, talkingsportswithevan at gmail.com. With that said, I'll get back at you on Tuesday night with Talking Sports with Evan, Packer Recap, Talking Brewers Postseason, and I hope to see you all then on that episode of Talking Sports with Evan.